0: Welcome to this week's edition of Coach Prep. Coach Don and I are here in the Cherokee Batting Range studio getting ready to do episode number 81 of Coach Prep. We're going to talk about pitching staffs and how to manage their innings. Before we do that, let's talk about our sponsors, Anderson Bat Company. Everything Fast Pitch is proud to announce that the Anderson Bat Company is becoming our presenting sponsor. In 2021, Anderson is producing the minus 9 Rocket Tech, the minus 10 Carbon, and the minus 11 Carbon Light. You get all the power with a great feel. It's the latest and greatest bat technology. Check out andersonbat.com if you have any questions. And let's talk about patreon.com slash everythingfastpitch. If you're in a position where you can become a patron, please support us. Coach Don and I would really appreciate your help. We are doing everything we can to... Keep everything fast pitch and coach prep as a free service. We don't want to become a subscription kind of deal. And our patrons are the ones that are keeping our heads above water. If you're in a position where you can, go to patreon.com/slash everything fast pitch. There's three different levels of support, three different levels of reward that you get for that. And then also we're doing a lot of other things for our patrons. We did our free virtual coaches clinic a little bit ago. Um, we've got some discounts on the square cuts training discs and a lot of other things. So please check out patreon.com. So, Don. We've got a pitching staff. How do we decide who pitches when? How do we disperse the innings? How do we figure out how to manage that staff the best way possible?
1: Well, there's a whole bunch of different uh, pieces to this puzzle, Tori. Yeah. I know uh, a lot of times we want to make sure that we're developing everybody, giving everybody opportunity to play, and also, too, trying to figure out how we can play deep into weekends. What's right. our what's our best option to uh you know, fulfill the goals of the weekend, and sometimes it's just tough to make make everybody happy. And sometimes it works out just fine, and it depends on uh, the staff that you've got, the opponents you're playing, and and
0: how all those pieces fit together. Right. Right. Well, the ultimate catch twenty two of all is this simple question: If we want to have more innings to allocate, we have to play deeper into the tournaments, which means we need to win more games. Sure. If we play ten games this weekend we're going to have 50 60 70 innings worth of pitching to distribute. If we play 2 games this weekend, we're going to have 10, maybe 14 to distribute. What's the right way to manage your staff? Well, you know, obviously if we want to make sure everybody gets more innings, we've got to figure out ways to use our staff the right way to get us as many wins as we've got possible. To win. Yeah so that we can get as many innings as possible so we can get as many opportunities for those kids to pitch you know we were kind of laughing about it earlier but you know my old classic smart aleck response would be when a pitcher would come to me and want to know what she needed to do to get more innings is i would almost always say well you got to pitch better and they would always have this look on their face, like, "Well, I didn't mean like, what do I have to do to really earn to really more innings? It. Yeah, I mean, I don't really want you to tell me the truth. I wanted you to <laughs> tell me something fun and simple, and you know that I could accomplish without having to, you know, really do anything. So you're starting next game. Yeah. yeah. So, oh, okay. You complained about it, so you get to start. Well, no, that's yeah. not, you know, kind of the way it works. But so depending upon the team, depending upon the the level that you're playing at, and depending upon. What your ultimate goals are, I think all of those factor into how we're going to decide to do this. If our goal is purely developmental, we know we're an entry-level team, we know we're a developmental team, we have no aspirations at all of worrying about winning or losing, then I think we go into every weekend with a grid, a master schedule. Don's going to pitch innings one through three. Stan's going to pitch innings four through six. Tori's going to pitch innings seven through nine. And we just keep rolling through it until every pitcher's got their innings. Now, Tori, is this a philosophy
1: of the coaches or of the parents in the group or what would we suggest on that? Well, I
0: I think it has to start with the whole group when as a team gets put together. When we form it. Right. If we're forming a team and we're telling the parents we're gonna win, win, win. Right. And then we have a rotation where everybody pitches the same number of innings, no matter whether they're pitching well or not. Might be confusing. Yeah, it's gonna be really confusing and probably cause more trouble than we wanna even imagine get into yeah Yeah. but now if our goal is to try to develop players but win at the same time well then that means your allocation of innings is going to change your better pitchers are still going to have to pitch a bigger percentage of the innings then the parents need to be understanding and let the coaches do what they do right and we also have to have had enough conversations to let that player and her family know okay right now you're the number three pitcher that means you're going to get these opportunities and these kinds of situations in these kinds of games. If we're in that team that is trying to win but still trying to develop you know, the other kids on the staff, it might be that the best pitcher pitches the first three or four innings. We get ahead enough that it's safe, and you get to pitch the last inning or two when we're ahead. It might mean that you get to pitch in, uh, if we're in a tournament where the pool play games don't make any difference, don't count for anything, you get to pitch in pool games but you won't get to pitch in bracket games as much. You know you won't pitch on a championship game unless we're ahead by nine runs and you get to pitch the last inning to try to get the last three outs kind of thing. And so we have to be having that conversation on a on a regular basis so that there's no misunderstandings, no confusion, and um, everybody kind of knows what's going on. Nobody's disappointed. Yeah. Right. Now, if our goal is, our team is win at all costs, and if we're not playing in the championship every Sunday, then... How we allocate our innings and how we choose who's going to pitch is, again, going to be different. Now, I think that there's always the point of diminishing returns where we have to be careful about how much we try to ride that ace and how much we try to let her continue to pitch us further and further into the tournament. I think that you know then, again, you're always looking at, well, how, mu- how can I maximize the opportunities for my best pitcher to be in the game? when the game's on the line. So perfect example, when I was coaching at Tennessee Tech, when Bonnie Bynum, now Bonnie Graham, was uh, my star pitcher. Her senior year, we lost early in the conference tournament, which meant on Sunday, we were going to have to play five games, pretty much back-to-back-to-back on Sunday, to get back to the championship game and win it. So when Bonnie came to the ballpark that Sunday morning, I looked at the schedule, and for us, we were a good team. There was a chance we might get an NCAA bid like on the edge of maybe getting an ncaa at large bid if we didn't win the tournament the only way to know for sure was if we came back and won the tournament needed to win and bonnie and i sat down and we mapped out the schedule and i just asked her i said if push comes to shove and we need to win i want you to finish the game not start the game i want you to be the best you can be at the end of the game now that might mean that you come in in the third inning and you've got to pitch seven or eight innings for us to get the win, but that's you know going to be the plan that's reality. for the day. Yeah. And she looked at me and and said, "Well, I think I can pitch the whole thing." I said, "Well, no, I don't. You know, want that to happen? I want you to you know have something left in the tank. If you win four games for us, but then you run out of gas in the fifth game, it doesn't make any difference. We might as well lose the first game and call it a day. And if we go extra innings, right. Yeah. And so we came up with a plan that day where every game. One of our other pitchers would pitch, and as soon as they started to struggle, get in trouble, you know, it might be the first inning, might be the second inning, might be the third inning. Here came Bonnie, and she would pitch the last three, four, five, whatever it was, and then she'd get a little bit of a break at the start of the next game. Never really even cool down because you know you had like maybe a thirty-minute break between games, and then you you know jump right back into it. But then she'd come in and do the same thing again. So she was basically the closer all day long. And we ended up coming back. We won all five games walk-off win in the you know what-if championship game, cured our spot in the NCAA tournament. And that was the year then that we turned around you know, a week later and we played at Alabama and beat Alabama in the first game of the regional with Bonnie pitching. It's awesome, yeah. Um, for us, because it was a win or your season was over situation, we chose to use our, our pitching staff that way. Now, uh, is that the right strategy it was for us that day and it might be a good strategy for somebody looking at a must-win situation but so i think you know to kind of wrap this back around to the beginning of the discussion depending upon what your goal is is going to determine how you're going to use your pitchers and i think that if winning is a high priority that's a whole different landscape than if just developing all your kids is is your goal the listener that suggested this topic i think is more in the developmental end of the range Trying to think of, you know, how do I make sure that all the kids get to pitch enough that they can improve, but still try to win some games along the way. He's at that point where he knows if he can play an extra couple of games every weekend, it's more there's more for innings to distribute. Now, if it works out that that couple of extra games means that your ace pitcher pitches all of them, then we haven't really solved the problem by playing more games. So I think that that's where we need to be looking at creative ways to use your staff. And and Don, you mentioned at the very beginning, knowing your staff. You know, do you have a kid who is you know, maybe the kind of pitcher who can go one time through the order, right. but the second time through the, the hitters they are going to figure her out. Is she a kid that is is really good in spurts, but then struggles? You know, is she a kid that, uh, you know, it takes her a little bit to settle in, but once she gets going, you know, she settles in and she pitches great. Knowing all those different things are going to give you guidance as to how best to use those kids in each situation. And how about a big contrast between... Right, pitch speeds
1: and type. That's right? a good one. Yeah. yeah. So
0: you've got one kid that throws hard, and one kid that's kind of a pillow ball pitcher. That's tough on our hitters. Yeah. yeah. You know, maybe that's when you can go one time through the order with your hard thrower. Go one time through the order with the really slow girl in the middle, and then maybe you come back with your third pitcher who might throw a little bit harder. Again, that's another strategy that we used when I was coaching at KSU. Or if you your know...
1: starter plays first base in right. between.
0: Yeah. Yeah. When when I was coaching at KSU, we didn't have really a dominating starting pitcher, so we had. At least a tag team every game, and in some games we had a, a three-headed monster. Especially when we played really good teams, you know, we would go whichever one of our pitchers started, and we would, you know, drive people crazy because we would switch no matter what when we got back to the top of the order. And people were like, well, she was doing great. She went through the first time through the order with no trouble at all. She was cruising. I said, yeah, that's why we stopped because she's going to do that again because yeah. we've seen that the second time through the order hasn't always been so good to her. And it's a really good thing to go from your fireballer and and fireballer is relative. If it's eight and under, it might be your fireballers throwing you know forty miles an hour and your junk ball pitcher's throwing thirty miles an hour. But whatever the contrast is, you know, it really screws hitters up to make those kinds of changes. We talk so, about how tough that is all the time yeah, for the hitters. So, so that's that's a good one, Don. I like the, that that you thought of that one. Thinking about your strengths and weaknesses, thinking about the different things you know about your pitchers, and then put together your plan. And then once you put together your plan, Know that it can change, but try to stick to it. If you're promising a kid that she's going to finish games when we're way ahead, define for her what way ahead means. Okay, we're we're at least six runs ahead going into the last inning. If we're six runs ahead, I think you can get three outs before they get six runs. So that's when you're going to pitch. If it's, no, I think you can come in and, and get us three tough outs when the tying runs at third base and, and pitch in those situations, then that's great too. But just so that we're all communicating and talking it through so that there's less surprises, less disappointment, less heartache. But most importantly, coaches, it's up to us. We have got to know these kids and know what we think they can do. And then we have to be honest with ourselves about where are we at in the food chain as far as development versus winning and trying to find that balance between the two. No, I think that's nice.
1: And uh, how much do you think we need to share with the parents as well, depending on age group? Or
0: no, I think definitely it... in the travel ball world, the parents have to be involved in every one of these discussions. I think that's great yeah. because at then, the, at then the school not... ball level, especially yeah. at the college level, not so much because you know for the college coach, you're dealing with adults. Sure. So you should be you know having adult conversations with your players about what their role is versus adult conversations with their parents. Yes. But in the travel Very ball limited. world, the school ball world you know i think the discussion has to include the parents because obviously they're the ones that are paying the fees and and doing those kinds of things that make it you know work for their kid to be on on the team so but i think that there is a way to manage that pitching staff and make it a strength way to you know separate your team and your program from other teams that that you're competing with but as an athlete i think it's very uh exciting and refreshing
1: to understand the plan yeah i if i'm not wondering and worrying about what's happening next I'm ready and prepped and able to hopefully perform better.
0: Right. One of the things that uh, I think that's a key point, uh, when we were using the tag team slash three-headed monster approach, when those kids knew what to expect, it just made everybody's life easier. Now, there were times that I think they thought, well, I could go further. I could get one more out. But the one thing that happened a couple of times early in the year is even though I knew what my plan was. I kind of fell into the, oh, I'll bet you she can get us one more out. <laughs> and then when she didn't, and then it's like, okay, I made a mistake didn't today. didn't stick to the plan. I didn't stick to my own plan. You know, yeah. I, I, out, I outsmarted myself. You know, once we have that kind of laid out, it gives us all a little bit better picture, and then hopefully the kids can get on board with it. And if not, at least they know why they're mad. Very cool. So yeah. they can, yeah. they can you know, know what, what's bothering them beforehand instead of after, figuring out after the fact. I hopefully like. that helps. Don and my ideas about how to handle your pitching staff. So, Don, anything else? No, another great session, Tori. Perfect. So uh, for Coach Don McKinley and our producer, Stan Lewis, this is Coach Tori saying thanks for listening to episode number 81, and we'll talk to you again next week.